Sadly, we know that we have lost Oklahomans to, to this virus, and we know and can anticipate that this will continue to happen. What's going to change the game and keep things moving in the right direction at this point is really individual action. A lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear, um, but I'm just here to tell Oklahomans we are going to get through this. I'm Ben Felder with The Frontier, and this is COVID-19 in Oklahoma, a daily podcast bringing you the latest info and insight into how the coronavirus is impacting our state. Through interviews and conversations, this podcast is about context and clarity during this challenging time. Today is Wednesday, April 8th. On today's episode, I talk with Congresswoman Kendra Horn of Oklahoma's 5th District about Congress's stimulus packages approved last month and the possibility of another stimulus package to come. But first, here's a review of the latest coronavirus news. On Tuesday, the State Department of Health reported 145 new cases of COVID-19 in Oklahoma, bringing the total to 1,472. There are now 376 Oklahomans in the hospital due to the coronavirus, and statewide deaths increased by 16 to 67. Also on Tuesday, Governor Kevin Stitt said he was cautiously optimistic that hospitalizations were beginning to flatten in Oklahoma, but he said the state is still preparing for a surge of COVID-19 cases. Speaking from Oklahoma's Strategic National Stockpile Warehouse, Stitt said Oklahoma has ample testing supplies and encouraged those who need it to get a test. Congresswoman Kendra Horn represents Oklahoma's 5th District, which includes Oklahoma City and a large part of the metro. She joined me via Skype to discuss her work in ensuring federal funds are making their way to Oklahomans and local businesses. She opened our conversation by talking about the series of stimulus packages that were approved last month and how they will be dispersed. So within the past month, we've passed three different bills. Uh, the first one uh, was about a month ago was that $8.3 billion package uh, that was primarily aimed at relief and support getting into the medical community. It was uh, money for, for uh, testing uh, to get money to our state uh, and local health departments and public health systems to, to begin to help testing money for research and vaccine development, uh, and a few other things, but really targeted uh, immediately, immediate relief for, uh, for our healthcare system to, to, to address the, the, the coming um, uh, coronavirus uh, and, and, the, and, and the issues that we were facing. The second one was the Families First uh, Coronavirus Response Package, uh, which again, emergent funding needs uh, that, that was a little more broad. These have all been bipartisan packages. It included the uh, two weeks of uh, paid sick leave, uh, family leave, parental leave uh, that were reimbursable to employers. It included important uh, expansion uh, and support for our food programs, things like SNAP and uh, food programs that help uh, families and, you know, and people that are on the edge. It included a number of other things. Uh, as well as, uh, again, additional funding for testing and a provision that, that 
insured that our anybody that's uninsured can get a test. Um, now we know again we, we're still working on getting getting enough testing, but th those were the the big chunks of that package. I can go into more details. The one that we've really been talking about a lot lately was the the CARES Act, which uh, which was just passed just over a week ago. So we've had a very quick turnaround on um, starting to get these things into place. So I think about the first two is just. Uh, emergency response. This next one was really about relief and expanding that relief so that it covered more people. So there was an initial in the families first, some expansion of unemployment, uh, unemployment benefits. There was more when we went into uh, the, the CARES Act and, uh, and, and what that did. So if, if, it, if it's helpful, hopefully for the listeners, I'll break it down into uh, what what ev what everything the big chunks that were in the CARES Act, and then we can talk about when we can start to expect relief uh, sure. in that and more specific. So the CARES Act had a, a few big things: expanded unemployment insurance, a uh, hundred and fifty billion dollars for our healthcare system, so a big package uh, for that. Uh, $377 billion for our small businesses. I want to talk more about that in a moment because that's one of the critical components. Uh, direct payments to 125 million Americans, so relief payments to a lot of Americans, as well as um, some protection for other bigger industries that have taken a big hit with provisions that protect ensuring it gets to the workers and the work and the families, uh, as well as $150 billion for state and local governments. Uh, and other emergency appropriations. So thinking about, I like to think about it in terms of, this was a massive package, $2 trillion, uh, that that we really worked to make sure that it, it filled the different buckets uh, and, and, you know, bipartisan. So we got, we didn't, nobody got everything they wanted. There was, it was not a perfect bill, but it did a lot to help people. Uh, we really wanna make sure people aren't being left behind. Uh, we know that this is a healthcare crisis uh, because it is impacting the the health and and well-being of so many in our communities uh, that that we have to address the health. Uh, we know it's an economic crisis because of the way that COVID-19 spreads and how long it can uh, it can be uh, dangerous without someone knowing they they have it or or people that don't have symptoms can spread it. Uh, and and so it's impacting all of the different pieces of how we move about in our, our lives and um, how we do business, how our kids uh, are, are, are not able to actually go, go to school. So all of these things are impacted. Uh, so that's why we want to make sure that as many people were taken care of uh, and got the relief and support as possible. Uh, one of the, the things that I think a lot of people were talking about are those uh, emergency, the, the relief payments to families. So maybe that's a good place to start because we're all talking about that. And then we can talk about some of the other things. Uh, and those those were uh, or will be uh, up to twelve hundred dollars uh, per per adult and five hundred dollars per child seventeen uh, and under. And the way that uh, the way that that works is we should we should start seeing um, some of those payments begin to show up starting next week. Um, and actually, I'm going to back up for just a second because I think it's important. You ask about when we're going to start seeing it. Uh, so it depends on the program, and that is one of the things that that we've really got to uh, that we've really got to look at when we're thinking about how, how what's next after this. Because 
we put in place some really big and important programs to help stabilize the economy, to help families, to help uh, in, in a lot of different ways. But those are big things that we've got to move and make sure they're actually um, they're actually being effective, that the money's getting where it needs to be, that the programs are helping people, that all of the things that we intended are actually starting to happen. And, it'll, and also we've got to identify things that uh, perhaps weren't happening as, as they should. And then, uh, and then, and then how do we, how do we fix it? Right. So how do we address the, the, the places where maybe things aren't working quite as well as we, we would want them to, and, and, and then to make the fix going forward. Um, so I think before we, we move on to another package, another stimulus package, we have to do a few things. We have to focus on the implementation again, of these programs. We got to make sure that that they're working, that they're getting rolled out right, that we're clarifying things. Um, we've we've got to make sure that whatever legislation happens next, it is laser focused on addressing the uh, issues around COVID-19, and it doesn't just balloon into a Christmas tree of or, or a wish list. In, in fact, that was you know criticism I had on both sides uh, through the CARES Act. You know, the Senate bill when it initially came out, it, it didn't include support for our small businesses, it, it didn't include protections for uh, our, our working families to make sure that the funds were actually going to go where they needed to be, um, and, and a number of other things. Uh, and then on the House side, it included a bunch of, you know, of other requests that I, I that aren't, weren't directly related to what we're doing uh, to respond to this crisis. And uh, fortunately, I think we came out with a, a pretty decent product, uh, especially for as fast as we worked and as much bipartisan support as we got. But that doesn't mean it's perfect. And we know that there is more we have to do. So before we should move on, we've got to, you know, watch the implementation. And we've got to make sure the programs are working. We've got to, uh, we've got to identify the holes and the fixes that are going to need to be in, put into place. Um, and and, and it, it's got to be bipartisan. I mean, it's, we've got to work together on this because this impacts uh, this impacts all of us. Yeah. So I think, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I I, I know I've really been uh, you know talking for a while, and I've got uh, you know more that I can break down in the different categories of of the funding and when we can expect it. Yeah, well, that's great information. I want to ask you about a, a couple of those specific aspects. But you talk about the importance of of monitoring implementation, and I suppose it's always important with any kind of legislation, but especially with this, how quickly it came together. It seems like there's still, even from the people who drafted it, maybe like you know, well, there's still a lot of unknowns about how this is going to fall out. So, what is your role in Congress in terms of monitoring that implementation? What are you going to be specifically watching for uh, with your constituents here in Oklahoma in the fifth district to ensure that it's it's getting it's providing the help that it was intended to, to, to provide. Yeah, I'll use I'll use a couple of examples um, as how I'm placing my focus. One is um, the when we when we put things in in place in this, are, are is the help getting where it needs to be? Are are the pro programs getting rolled out? So small businesses, the PPP program, the Paycheck Protection Program, which is uh, so important for so many small businesses. I fought hard for it to make sure that. Our small businesses, the backbone of our communities, um, many of whom have had to shut their doors because for for all of us, we're, to protect all of us, um, that they could 
be able to come out on the other side of this and still have a business. Um, that's what the Paycheck Protection Program does. It, um, it, it is for small businesses to help them cover their cost of employees, overhead, the basic costs that when they're not having money flowing in, um, they're, that they're not able to cover through no fault of their own. Uh, and I think that's another piece of this. This is really this virus didn't care who you were, what industry you were in. It just came through and, you know, started to slash and burn. Uh, so with the PPP program, the SBA has been rolling this out very quickly. Uh, and there have been some bumps. So what I'm doing for 5th District is, one, making sure people have as much access to information uh, as possible. We're, uh, we're doing webinars. We just did one last night for small businesses to help them uh, navigate this process. We were working with the SBA to answer questions about how they move through it. We're talking to uh, business owners to identify questions they, they have and, and, and places that they may not understand how to navigate it. Um, and we're also talking to our banks, our small community banks, our other lenders and, and uh, financial institutions right here who want to help our small businesses and what they need to make that happen. In fact, you know, some of those conversations that helped lead us to the, the format, the way that this was set up, because um, the PPP program allows our local banks, credit unions, uh, financial institutions here to get the money out to our small businesses uh, because the EIDL program through the uh, SBA, uh, the Economic Injury Disa Disaster Loan Program, great program, but it was it's all running through the SBA. So it was causing a, a, a slowdown. So making sure that those, those are being implemented. Now, how we're also continuing to advocate, how I'm also continuing to fight for Oklahomans and, and the fifth district is, um, there was some mixed messages that were beginning to come out of, of the SBA about how this program was going to be rolled out. We expanded who was eligible to include uh, sole, uh, sole proprietors uh, and, uh, and gig workers and contractors um, under this program, as well as under some others, um, and including uh, things like nonprofits and other entities that hadn't traditionally fallen under the SBA umbrella. And, and as it was starting to be rolled out, there was questions and we were getting some mixed messages. So we were pushing back to get clarification, to make sure that that everyone who really needs to take advantage of this program can uh, and and to, to fight to, to make sure they're not getting left out as well as addressing any problems in the process. Um, and making sure that people know that if somebody's trying to, you know, charge you a lot of money to fill out the PPP loan forms, they can't do that, right? This is not, uh, th that's not what this is for. So fighting um, for our small businesses and our local uh, banks to be able to work together because we know they want to make sure that the businesses are coming out on the other side of this. Um, so answering questions, providing resources. We have a COVID-19 tab on, on our website and we're working to provide resources uh, to make sure that, that, that people are getting the support they need through these programs. Now, what does that look like moving forward? Uh, we know that there were some entities that didn't that got left out, I think, unintentionally or some some questions. How do we answer that? Uh, and how do we make sure that that those other small businesses get the support they need um, in the next uh, in the next version of of this, whatever we do next to to plug those holes? 
Um, and then, you know, let's talk about what happens with those direct payments. Um, you know, in in the bill, we wrote that uh, the payments, uh, the economic relief payments, um, were supposed to go to um, Americans making uh, $1,200, anybody making $75,000 or under based on uh, their previous uh, taxes or uh, seniors that are on Social Security. Uh, we we intended a very broad, uh, a, a very broad umbrella for this as well, including the intention for uh, those who are living on Social Security disability, uh, our disabled veterans, and and others. And then there's a there's a decrease between seventy five thousand and ninety nine thousand for families. The the number slightly decreases, but throw, throwing a, a making sure that it's broadly covered. So last week uh, the IRS came out and said that that seniors on social security uh, retirement would have, who weren't required to file income taxes would have to file a simplified form to get their, uh, to, to get their check. And we pushed back and we said, no, 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 that's not what we intended as well as others. So we, we pushed back at the IRS to say, this was not the intention. Social security has this information. Um, you should, you should be able to get these payments to our seniors who need it. Uh, without having to ask them to go to additional steps that might push them out of getting this much needed uh, this much needed relief payment, and uh, and thankfully they responded, they clarified, and they said, okay, we're we're going to make sure that it gets out to them working with Social Security. That's what we intended. There's still some question around uh, our disabled veterans and those on social security disability that we are working hard to clarify so that that we are also not asking those people to have to take additional steps that are already living with uh, with other uh, challenges and and so fighting in that way and then of course making sure that we're doing all we can to uh, ensure that our hospitals and our healthcare providers and others are getting access to the resources they need. Uh, so it's a big, it, it, there, there's a number of things that fall under it, but it just comes down to uh, advocating for Oklahomans in the fifth district and making sure that they're able to get the relief and support that they're entitled to, uh, making sure that the programs are working and are being implemented properly uh, to, to include all those people. And then uh, three, to make sure that the money that we have authorized and appropriated is actually getting where it needs to go. Uh, and, and I think those are the ways that we're going to keep fighting with the current programs and then be able to better build something moving forward. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you're, you're still self-isolating at your house. Is that right? Well, I... Uh, I've, I've got, I'm out of quarantine. Yeah, okay. uh, so I completed, yeah, I completed my quarantine a week ago Saturday, but pretty much uh, following the stay at home orders, I've been, uh, I've been doing that ever since then. So only going out to take a walk when, you know, there aren't people around or to do those essential errands and being really cautious uh, as, as a part of it. But I'm, I'm out of the quarantine phase. Okay. Well, but so my question was going to be, I mean, just kind of how, how are you like logistically, how, how does this work? How are you completing this work given the fact that like most Americans you're confined to your house most of the time? I mean, I imagine a lot of 
uh, Zoom and Skype calls like we're doing right now, phone calls. Yeah. I mean, just kind of logistically, what does that look like for you right now? Yeah, it, you know, thankfully, as you said, we're we're on Skype right now. We've got technology that allows us to do a lot of our work. Uh, we moved uh, my my team to remote work. Uh, we this is going at three weeks ago as of last Friday, so this is going on our fourth week, uh, and and we're using all of the technology available to us. I am having regular uh, calls and we're working with constituents, anybody, fifth district, anybody lives in the fifth district, if they need help or support, we are still here. We're working cases. We can help them with access to the, uh, with, with access to issues through federal programs, answering questions, all of those kind of things. We're meeting regularly uh, via video and uh, teleconference as I'm doing with my colleagues. So it's, it's just an adjustment in how um, now we as Congress have to figure out how we are going to be able to, to do our business moving forward. Uh, we're still, again, holding regular teleconferences. We're doing our oversight work, but how to, how to navigate the, any next phase of, of, of whatever bills that, that we, we need to pass because we still have to vote in person, uh, unless it's a unanimous consent. Now, one of the, you know, one of the pieces to that puzzle, though, is we've got to go through this process, which is why I've been a strong advocate and I've sent a few letters in support of this. One, making sure these bills are bipartisan. Two, making sure we're following regular order, that we are getting the text in time to debate and have conversations about this, that we're looking at how we can continue, uh, all of us. I've, I feel pretty fortunate to be in that, you know, Gen X category that, uh, you know, I can do things analog, but also navigate this technology, but how we can potentially be able to hold hearings and do things uh, while we're in the middle of this. But we have not stopped at all. Um, done a lot of interviews, uh, had to, you know, rearrange and make sure that we, we had all that set up. But thank goodness for technology. Yeah. So, I, you know, one of the things that you may start working on here in the near future is, as you alluded to, maybe another stimulus package of some kind. Um, what what do you think are some of the needs left to consider if, if there is a next package? Or what are some of the things that you're going to be advocating for in that? Yeah, I think um, there will be a, a next package. I think we don't know the extent of everything. Um, but but I think we've already identified a few needs. Uh, I, I'll go back to the small business uh, package that we put in there, the PPP. Uh, that $350 billion for our small businesses that make up 50% of the businesses across this, uh, more than 50% across the country and um, and and a bulk of our jobs, uh, we are, we're going to need we're going to need more support there. So uh, I think there's probably going to be more funding um, that'll need to go into that program. There are some uh, businesses that have not. Uh, been included, those mid-size, we need to, to really take a look at how we can support um, the small business go to loans and the programs are for 500 employees and under. There's there's a number that fall in that mid-size category that, that are also um, that are also trying to figure out how they're going to keep going. Uh, I think we're going to have to adjust that. Uh, and, and, and then probably a few other things. I mean, some of the funds that we've that we have spent are for things like um, increasing access to technology. We know that our students um, in public schools uh, are, are there. There's a there's there's not 
not everybody's on a level playing field. Uh, we have whole communities that don't have access to broadband and um, technology is a, is a challenge for us to make sure that we're taking care of, uh, you know, supporting our children regard of, regardless of where they, they live. Um, so I think uh, we're going to see some of those holes continuing to be filled. Um, but, but we've, but I don't think what we're going to see in the next package is some big, you know, there was a conversation about let's do big infrastructure projects. There are so many needs with infrastructure. Those existed before they're going to continue to exist. And I think that once we're on the other side of it, that's where infrastructure is going to come in. Um, but you know, what is the unemployment um, program look like? Is is this meeting the needs? Um, the 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 support for our healthcare providers and um, and and our hospitals and uh, and across the board um, is that sufficient? So I think looking at what we've done and and seeing where those holes are uh, and and then filling filling those gaps is probably what we're going to see next. Uh, I'm going to keep advocating that it be targeted, uh, effective, and focused uh, so that we know that when we're passing something that the relief is going to get there in the most effective and efficient way possible. Uh, and, you know, we've seen some pretty quick turnarounds. We've, we've had some challenges in the implementation in a few of these areas, but really it's, it, it's gone fast, uh, but we have to make sure it continues to, to be effective. Um, you know, there's, there's a couple of other things that we know are happening. Um, we're seeing some shifts in, in what's happening um, for agriculture and uh, for family farm farmers and uh, ranchers and so many things as, as, as patterns of how people are purchasing things shift. And, and we're yet, we've got a, some real challenges in that area that uh, need to be addressed. And we've been working to get clarification uh, that family farms, uh, family farmers and ag, uh, businesses that fall under that small business uh, model are, are have access to the PPP program. It was the intention. That was our understanding. There's some confusion there. So we're advocating for that and and trying to get clarification on that. Um, and then I think we're going to see uh, a few other things that just continue to pop up that, that we have to address. But I want to make sure they're targeted and efficient. And it's not everybody throwing, uh, throwing the kitchen sink in there, uh, that it's got to actually address the challenges that we're facing. Yeah. Well, Congressman, just two more questions, quick questions for you. I know we got started a little late, so feel free to tell me if you need to jump off sooner. But um, so you serve on the House Science, Space and Technology Committee. And yes. um, can, can you talk about the, the work on that committee and any relevancy to what's going on, whether that's, you know, research for a possible vaccine? I know there's some research specifically done, being done at, at OU Medicine. I mean, can you kind of just talk about your role on that committee, especially at a time right now when we're facing this pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so on that committee, it, it is there's still so much important work that's being done. I, as the chair of the Space and Aeronautics Subcommittee, we're looking at uh, at, at how uh, the research, as you mentioned, the different research uh, initiatives uh, can feed into this. Uh, SST, the Science, Space, and Technology Committee, the whole committee, uh, and I'm on, also on the Energy Subcommittee. 
uh, is responsible for that cutting edge research and and looking at what's next, where we need to make uh, investments that can impact uh, COVID-19 and our response and recovery, uh, as well as uh, as as well as on the other side of this, we're talking about okay, where do we need to invest maybe in that infrastructure around our national labs and research from uh, energy production to uh, science uh, and and uh, as well as like agriculture. I mean, there all of that falls under our uh, our overall umbrella. And and so right now, what we're doing is still doing our work for oversight uh, when reports are issued, requesting information about the implementation of programs. Uh, we were able to uh, include some provisions in the CARES Act to help support uh, contractors uh, that were on these on some of the the programs uh, NASA and other programs that had to uh, pause their workforce again so that we can take care of the workforce so when work starts again uh, that it will that, that that it won't take as long to ramp back up so we don't lose too much production time and then the next thing that we're tackling is what's next and what are the critical needs um, in the research and development field where do the programs that we oversee intersect with this COVID-19 pandemic and what do we need to make sure if it didn't get covered in these previous packages what do we need to make sure so we're meeting with stakeholders we're meeting with uh we're meeting with the the relevant uh federal agencies uh and and we're discussing what is next and we're in that process right now uh, so stay tuned, but we're still on ongoing uh, doing that work for the the next thing because this research development and discovery that falls under our umbrella is it, it's it's separate from the CDC and NIH, but it is critical in the technology pipeline that allows us to uh -huh. uh, to to move forward uh, in in the STEM you know, building a STEM workforce that we know we're going to need. There's a few different pieces to that. Yeah. And finally, um, I'm curious, how would you assess the, the state's response so far? I mean, specifically, uh, Governor Kevin Stitt, I mean, there's been some who have said that they'd like to see him take more action in terms of a shelter in place order um, that we've seen in other states. Of course, he has made the order to close non-essential businesses uh, statewide. I'm just, from, from your perspective, kind of how would you assess what you're seeing right now uh, from state officials? Well, I think, you know, the challenges that we're facing are unprecedented and they're coming from a number of different directions. Um, we know that we've had challenges with getting sufficient tests and uh, PPE and so many other things. Uh, and 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 the the challenge of getting everybody to stay at home to reduce the spread. There there's a lot. Uh, so I was glad to see him issue the order for all 77 counties uh, to expand the emergency declaration to all 77 counties. Um, you know I know that it can be hard to understand for many people why staying at home is so important. But really this is about we're all in it together. And if we're going to flatten the curve and help our our first responders and those people in essential businesses and to save the lives of people who are vulnerable, uh, we, we all have to do our part. So I was glad to see the 77 county order because one of the things that's clear as we see the numbers tick up day in and day out is that we don't know the full extent of this. And again, because so many people can be out and about without, uh, without showing symptoms and they can be contagious, 
we all have to take extra precautions. So I think it is critically important that we all do our part. Uh, again, I'm I was glad to see it move to 77 counties uh, uh, and the non-essential businesses close. I think it, this is requiring a sacrifice for all of us. And we have to continue to make sure that the PPE, the testing and all of that gets gets where it, it, it needs to be. And um, I'm just gonna keep working uh, with elected officials at all different levels. I've been really uh, glad to see the response by so many people that are saying, hey, stay at home. Uh, I think that, that our, our, our mayors and local electeds have also done a good job, I think, in, in helping people to understand this. And, you know, in this public health crisis, we've all, we've all got to work together um, and, and make sure that we are taking care of each other and doing everything we can. I'll keep pushing to make sure the funds get out. And I, I hope to see a uh, uh, continued uh, effort toward that end. That's going to do it for today's episode. You can find complete COVID-19 coverage at readfrontier.org. For The Frontier, I'm Ben Felder. Stay safe and healthy. I'll be back with you on Thursday.